Hi, this is Jay Todd Anderson, and you are listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Everybody in the whole cell block is dancing to Filmically Perfect here on 91.3 WYSO. If you can't tell by what you're hearing there, you uh, may not be an Elvis fan, but it is... uh, on these days that we come together to celebrate perfect movies, and they are listening to the soundtrack of one. Now, me, I'm Nikki Dakota. I'm your host, and I am joined by the film guys. I would like first to introduce my favorite film guy. He is the storyboard artist for the Coen Brothers for every single movie since Raising Arizona and many, and many other movies other for movies other people that we know and love. He is a friend and film guy. He's J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd, welcome. Thank you, baby. Thank you very much. Also, my, um, not to show you any slight there, but uh, Jay Todd, I, it's just a real pleasure to welcome the largest frame brain on the planet, the nitrate film archivist for the Library of Congress, and my favorite film guy. He's George Willeman, George. I'm just a hunk of hunk of burning film. Hunk <laughs> <laughs> of hunk of burning nitrate. And nitrate films oh, oh. particularly easily. It is filmically perfect, and on this day, we come together to celebrate. Another aspect of Elvis, and this is his early movie career, we're celebrating, gentlemen, which film? Jailhouse Rock. 1957's uh, brilliant black and white Mm -hmm. masterpiece that uh, sort of uh, has its own Elvis story inside of an Elvis story, but we'll get to all that later. It's a perfect film, and it's also easy to listen to. Yeah, George and I, we we always identify movies um, about possibly the mo- the music is driving this movie or let's just say it has a very strong hand of a director uh, like Michael Curtiz or uh, the whole combination of good script writing and, and some powerful music. But this movie, we can honestly tell you that you won't care much about the story because mm-hmm. it's built around one guy and that one guy just... It's a scorched earth policy from the minute he hits that screen, man. He's there. It's it's easy to listen to and very, very easy to look at. As we consider this collection of images and sound as a perfect movie, it's important to remember that this is not just something that's taken lightly or casually. It is something that uh, to have this esteemed status on the totem movie pole, you have to pass just a couple tests. And gentlemen, there are rules. Those rules are... Well, Jailhouse Rock is a perfect movie because it creates the world that it exists in. And it wholly sustains that world. Regardless of changes in society, baby, it retains its meaning and entertainment value. (laughs) And Jailhouse Rock will never be placed in a preferential or numerical order. It is perfect by its own scale, baby. Indeed it is. And uh, And we got to make a comment on that last... um, Number four, there's a magazine <laughs> that just seems to think they know music and they're huh. very, very bold about proclaiming Jailhouse Rock, the song number 67 on five on the 500 greatest songs, rock and roll songs that ever existed. And we have a lot of rule number five to get on this because we don't believe in anything being numerically We don't. Wrong. And who cares what... <laughs> 
Spencer says, right? George is number five. <laughs> what do you know about Elvis Presley, pal? It's simply a great, good song. It's not uh, lesser good than 56 other tunes. On your best day, <laughs> you could not compare with this man's worst day. <laughs> it is Jailhouse Rock, 1957 classic. And uh, it's, 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 Jay Todd pointed this out to me. The story is itself a, a strange... It, there's a, there's almost some foreshadowing to Elvis's own life. There's it's, it's the, well, let's let George give us a, a, a run through, and then we'll we'll kind of focus on the that. arc of the action, sure. if you will. Well, in Jailhouse Rock, Elvis plays a uh, a young man named Vince Everett. Um, he works. They refer to him as I think as a woodchuck at one point because he's working in a like a building <laughs> site or something like that. And good kid. And at the good clean kid. At the beginning of the film, he gets paid and he goes down to the local watering hole to hang out with some of the guys. Good down clean there. kid. Yeah. Oh, nice he's just a beer, You know, he's really nice. He's and, a good boy. But while they're in the bar, this kind of creepy guy starts giving this other woman a hard time and talking real bad to her, and and uh, Elvis doesn't like that, so he tries to stop him. And the guy just becomes really belligerent, and they get into a fight. And it's obvious the bartender knows that, uh, you know, Elvis's character is something not to be fooled with. And he keeps telling him, you know, be careful, Vince, Vince, stop, you're going to hurt him. Stop. But he gets and caught up in his own He gets exuberance. caught up in his own, you know, uh, flow of juices, and, and pretty soon he's killed this guy. With his bare hands. With his bare hands. That's so, the judge it's makes a big point of that. Too. It's yeah. yeah, and so of course he ends up going to trial, and he's found guilty of manslaughter, and goes to the pen for one to ten. <laughs> and when he gets there, they put him in a cell uh, with this old con named Hunk, uh, played <laughs> I just by love that. played by Mickey Shaughnessy. He was a real popular uh, character actor of the fifties and sixties. Also did a lot of television. And uh, and Hunk was a uh, was a country western singer before he got put away. Um, but he was a has-been before he was washed out in the jail. That's right. <laughs> Yesterday's has-been, tomorrow's nobody. And he, um, <laughs> you know, he kind of shows he shows Elvis how he can calm down the the uh, other rowdies who are kind of hooting and hollering in their cages uh, by playing a song with his old guitar. And and Elvis becomes very interested in this, and and you know, he picks right finally, up on yeah, it. Yeah, well, they become they become buds, and and Hunk teaches him how to play guitar and. And you know how to how to entertain basically. Mm. So to calm the savage breast. Right. So they have a uh, one of the uh, you know. Bi- I didn't say that. Bi- it's true though. <laughs> bi-weekly um, uh, jail. It's the old jail jailhouse show. television show yeah. that yeah, was yeah, on right. every week in the fifties. Right. This week in the pokey and yeah. and um, <laughs> and so uh, you know, Hunk has him has. Elvis playing this thing, and he's a huge hit. The fan mail just be- comes in by comes truckload. In. The problem is that Hunk immediately is jealous. And he sandbags And he him. sandbags Elvis and has all this mail tucked away, and nothing happens to it until oh. until um, Elvis gets out of jail. But by and this time, by... he's unceremoniously mean. He's, right, but well, by this time, because, because in jail, even though he learns his guitar and everything, he's constantly in trouble. He gets in a fight in the mess hall. Oh, yeah. You know, all these bad things happen to him. And he finally gets out, but now he's got this huge chip on both shoulders. He's and bitter. He's very, very angry. But before he leaves, he makes a promise with Hunk that if he does anything with this music, he will bring Hunk in and split it with him 50-50. Which is such an interesting deal to make, but go ahead. Yeah. And he kind of, you know, he goes off. He gets some jobs kind of playing in different places and... 
but not really doing a whole lot of what he wants to do, but he's staying out of jail. Um, and he meets this girl who works for a record company, who, who she um, promotes this big star. And she's kind of impressed with the way he's, you know, his, his demeanor and that kind of thing, and kind of helps him get a song published. And the song comes out and is very popular, but he finds that, once again, he's been sandbagged. And he was also whipped star... in jail, too. They whipped him. Oh, that's right. Whipped Remember? and sandbagged. And he, he, with his shirt off and his arms all tied up. And Elvis Which, gets whipped. And his, his hair again, kind of falls down, you know, because you got to feel sorry for him. The movie does sound good, and it is easy on the eyes. Not that I'm about whipping. Uh, you, you two need a cigarette after <laughs> that or something? Okay. <laughs> It's just a lot to it see. Is, it is a lot to take in. I don't want to give away all the little <laughs> no. bits because people want to see some of these fun things. But, sure. Um, once he finds out he's gotten gotten sandbagged with this record deal, I mean, he's really upset. So he gets the idea of coming up and, and starting his own record company. And this girl is played by Judy Tyler, um, a very talented actress who we will talk a little bit more here near the end of the show. Um, they start this record company, and they get his first single out, and with a little bit of difficulty – but with the help of a young disc jockey played by Dean Jones from the Disney films of the 60s. Oh, great Disney guy. fame. The, um, the song gets out, becomes a big hit, and you know Vince is on his way, and he's becoming more and more materialistic and more shallow, shallow and awful uh, as time goes on. But he becomes on. better. He's better more, at what? He's though? far more devastating with the guitar. Oh, with the guitar, and he's very much entertaining, and he's you know everyone loves him, and he gets I don't think on. He plays the guitar much, and he doesn't does not a whole so. lot. Um, but then one day at his door shows up Hunk. Yeah, Hunk is released from prison, and he comes to collect. And meanwhile, though, he's separated somewhat. He's he's also had occasion to come away from the woman, right? Or they they've had a parting of ways. Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. They're, but, they're, so Hunk shows up. Getting there. I'm we're sorry. Getting there. You go. Hunk gets there. Hunk wants part of this television deal that that Vince now has, and he's like, "Well, you know, this, you're 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 a husband. You can't be on the show." But he forces them into it. They get on. The, they get into the show promotional part of it, and the producer says, "Ah, this is awful. Get him out of here." So to make We've up lost for it, the whole bit. Yeah. He makes Hunk his flunky. Hunk the flunky, basically, who's walking his dogs and doing some other things. And they get to the point where the girl is like, we got to make more records. You need more more records. And he comes to her with this announcement that another company owned by the guy who screwed him over at the beginning wants to buy his record company. And she doesn't react so well to that. And here is what happens. That's where the mop flops. You'd think I was trying to rob you. After all, you're getting practically a quarter of a million dollars. Dollars? Dollars? Is that the beginning and the end of the world for you? Is there no emotion left in you but the lust for money? Emotion? What emotion? It's strictly a business between you and me. You said that. I don't care what I said. We started this thing together. We nursed it and brought it up, you and I. It may be just a ledger page to you and Mr. Shores, but to me, it's part of my life. Oh, go ahead and sell it. I don't care what you do. Nothing but a record company. 
It's also a really great scene where Elvis goes down to settle a dispute with the record executive, the evil record executive, because he had somebody sing his material, and he slaps him around. And then he comes back. That's how he solves things. That's how Vince. He he settles it. And he comes back, and the woman says, what did you say to him? He goes, I just slapped him around a little. You know, no big deal. (laughs) That's the way you get it. Nothing he didn't have coming. Yeah. We're talking about Jailhouse Rock, the 1959 film, Perfect in every way. Except that you called it a 1959 film. 57, Thank indeed, you. black and white and beautiful. Elvis was in the army in 59, <laughs> Is that lady? right? So this was right. one of the last films he made uh, before right. heading one out. One more, and King Creole after this one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before and, he uh, was out. He was and many things were and about to change. they deliberately put those movies in the can so they could show them while he was in the army so Great. they could have plenty of material. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he seems to have lost all of his heart and soul and That's is right. selling He's out for the money. for money, and at this point, uh, Hunk just can't take it anymore. Hunk is just... And, Partially, he's just angry, angry old guy, and he, you know, he's he's gotten cheated himself. He thinks so. He decides that he's gonna take it out on Vince, and he's gonna, you know, try to teach this punk snotty nosed kid a thing or two. But also, he doesn't like the way he's treating the lady, right? He doesn't like so, the way he's pe- treating the girl. So it's especially. funny because it starts out he gets in trouble initially because he didn't like the way now some Elvis guy's is disposition the girl. now. Now think about his disposition. He killed a man with his bare hands for mistreating a girl. A country and western singer is going to teach him a thing or two. But also, he th- <laughs> he feels that that Hunk owe, that he owes Hunk something yeah. because Hunk did teach him how to play the guitar. And he is older than he is, yes, and he has this respect for his and So elders. he sticks his chin right into it right now. Right. But he has him walking the dogs, and this is mentioned here that right. uh, he's not too happy. Tramping on me is one thing, Sonny. Hurting a little girl like Peggy is another. Now, just don't you go get no ideas, huh? There comes a time when you got to take a hand in things, and that time is now. Well, don't push me, huh? I'm going to beat hell out of you. Don't try it. You're talking crazy, man. You know you got it coming, son. I said don't try. Not much matter with you. Now stop it, huh? Just stop it. Stop it. Get up and fight, you yellow punk. I don't want to fight you, huh? I told you I don't want to fight you. Do you hear? <laughs> Okay, now, That's a good just, one. let's just hear that last part again. Oh. <laughs> one more time. Oh, my goodness. That's Elvis being now, hit in the throat there now. Yeah, for those you. of you who have not seen the film, that is not what today would probably be the boot and the groin. That is, yeah, you shouldn't let that the kids is see that because fist, Elvis is getting hit in the in throat. The throat. Yeah. Now, as many of you, as anybody who has ever sung before knows or breathed or swallowed. Or been on uh, the radio. Getting hit in the throat is not nice. <laughs> no. And Elvis ends up in the hospital without, with a trach. Yeah. yeah, and without a voice. And without a voice. And, you know, Hunk is really beside himself because he has punched Elvis in the throat. Not <laughs> Vince, of Vince, course, because first. by this time we know it's not Vince, it's Elvis. Elvis yeah. this is and, the... and he's beside himself, and Elvis just puts his hand on him. You're forgiven, my son, you know. And and, and then he has miraculously uh, a recovery. Well, you know? he does. He doesn't recover right away. I mean, he gets out of the hospital, and the doctors say, you know, he's going to be fine. But he has totally lost his ability to sing. He's he's lost his chutzpah basically, and doesn't feel that he can sing. And here comes uh, Judy Tyler. Who you know bucks him up after all that all the awful things he's done, and she gets still him, loves him. You know, yeah. tells him he can still sing. 
And if, this guy was, yeah, if this guy was ugly and you know had an industrial accident, nobody'd be messing around with him like this. But <laughs> he's right. so this, good looking. You know? It would have been like, yes, you leave and, and try not to let your hook scratch the doorknob on the way out. But just, <laughs> just slide the food under the door. Don't look at him. <laughs> you know, but it's Elvis. It is. He sings. And DJ Fontana and the boys are in there. Scotty and Bill Black, and they're all in there. The whole band, like all the way through the movie. Just you before see, that scene, as a matter of fact, was a pretty pivotal when everyone is there. Everybody's there, and the Memphis. Mafia's back there. Um, the big guy, uh, Lamar uh, Fike's Lamar there, Fike and, and I think Jerry Esposito is in there. Ryan. And then uh, all the guys are in there watching the kissing scene. DJ Fontana, Scotty Moore, Bill Black, they're all there. They're all surrounding like Who really did surround Elvis in his constantly. real life. This is right. Elvis. So, Which brings us to why this Elvis film is so very special. Uh, it's not because of the direction. Nope, 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 nope. It's not because of the camera angles. Nope, nope, nope. nope. The music's good. The music's good. But what we're watching is a transformation of American music before our very eyes. Because Elvis, he becomes a record guy. He makes his own record company. Elvis is Elvis. That's what Elvis do. And guess what? He does so well, they invite him to be in the movies. Elvis is Elvis is Elvis. Elvis becomes Elvis, becomes Elvis, becomes Elvis. And as we mentioned, and it's he's the in a picture movie. inside right. a picture inside of the picture that's mirrors inside the picture. Mirrors reflecting mirrors. Yeah. And here's the the cool part about it is the studio people think they know how to officially put lightning in a bottle. They'll tell you all about <laughs> this. They know how to do this. But none of them expected to see what happened with Elvis Presley because by the time this movie came out, it made four times uh, what it cost, and all these songs by Mike Stoller and Jerry Lieber, Stoller's on the piano in this movie, in you the can movie. see him, have went number one, and the whole industry has been staggered by this one guy. <laughs> so this movie pales in comparison to the real Elvis Presley. Nothing in their imagination can compete with what Elvis did after this movie. The only thing that slowed him down was the U.S. Army and Colonel Tom Parker. Mm. So by the time, now the, the, the music was released early, right? So the people were hearing Jailhouse sure Rock. hearing some of the songs on the radio. Yeah. yeah, and so by the time it hit, he was already just on this meteoric arc. And and, and as you say, it, it, it's, we're seeing music transform, but also Elvis's own life. So he just makes one more movie before this. So it really is a snapshot mm-hmm. of, it's like a frozen moment. Because this is like, yeah, this is pre-Army Elvis. I mean, it, his mother is still alive at this time. Yeah. And the death of his mother was one of the big turning points in his life because yeah. they were extremely close. Mike Stoller will, in some of his interviews, he talks about meeting Elvis and see once Stoller and Lieber started making all these hit songs, uh, Colonel Tom Parker put the brakes on that. He didn't want those boys so close to his boy, right. you know. And he wanted so, more credit for Elvis, basically. No, he wanted to control Elvis because oh. they got 50% of all the publishing. Elvis, you signed on to a record with Elvis, you, Elvis became an instant writer, I believe. Yeah, um, and he even signed his name to older, much Stoller older songs. Lieber but Stoller and tried their best to get inside Elvis, and the more successful they came, the harder it was for them to do this. And, and Mike Stoller will tell you in some of his interviews when they when they would go and work with Elvis, they, he Stoller says that he is the most heterosexual American male in the world. But <laughs> they were stunned when they watched him because he was so, he had a, a look about him that was hard. And that also supersedes the movie. You yeah. know, people always say that he was bigger than the image that they, you know, the, the writers and the people in the movie industry could not build a bigger beast than what they had in their hands. He looks so good in this movie, well, too. Yeah, He's so young. He's so young. And the interesting thing is, as um, we were talking about, have him having his, his gang, his posse in the mm. movie, 
when you see him in a lot of the scenes after after his character becomes wealthy, you see him dressing in these really snappy clothes. I mean, really great stuff. Mm. And it's exactly the kind of things you see him wearing in off-screen pictures. I mean, Elvis was a snappy dresser and had been since he was a teenager. Yeah, and it became almost more sort of And keep in mind, as... 10 years from this date, where was he? He was in the movie we discussed over a year ago. 20 years he was dead from this point. So Elvis, that's the way it is. That's, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. And that was 10 years later. And 10 years after that, he was, he was gone. Dead. A little more than 10 years, actually. Yeah. Well, like early but 70s. But it meant, in yeah, these bounds, and think of it. Some of the things, you can see how influential this movie is by the jailhouse you know, dance scene, and then you can look in there real close. You can see John Travolta uh, <laughs> in Saturday Night <laughs> Fever oh. behaving just like Elvis. Don't touch my hair, you know. However, on the Very other close. hand, wow. on on the other hand, there is still this this sort of modicum of control from the older studio system, which at this time was pretty much in tatters by '57. But it, the Jailhouse Rock's uh, musical sequence is a really good example because even though, as you heard at the beginning of the program, you know Elvis rocks out with his song. <laughs> there is, the, you know, this ridiculous, you know, doobie-doo dancers who come in and this big, you know, orchestrated break with the, yeah, with the with guys the dancing. It's just like, it's the And they start the thing. whole movie with goofy music and then they, you can just see right there that they're saying, Elvis is saying, you guys are dead and you can't catch me. You can't catch me in this movie if you wanted to. But, I mean, it, it's very much two sides because, you know, it comes and it goes. There's one point where he goes to this rich party of all these patrons, and this old woman kind of turns to him in the couch. He goes, well, Mr. Evans, what do you think about jazz? And he just looks at her and goes, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and, you know, for a, a real good rendition of jazz versus regular music, uh, go listen to Young Man in the Horn. It'll either be before or after this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or you can go to perfectmovie.net Another movie about how the music right. industry has ruined somebody's life. Exactly. <laughs> very, Which very makes simple. it perfect for us. <laughs> and jail can ruin your life too unless you're yeah. Elvis. It's Jailhouse Rock, the 1957 perfect movie. Beautiful in black and white. Beautiful to hear and easy on it's the eyes. It gorgeous. is a gorgeous And the, the actress is really a fine... That that woman died shortly after this movie, so George and I believe that she would have had a really great career. Well, it's one thing I've read that Elvis actually was unable for some time to even watch this movie because he had become very close to Judy Tyler. And shortly after the shooting was completed, she and her husband were killed in a horrible car accident. She never saw the finished She never even saw it. And um, she was in one other film. I think it was called Bop Girl Goes Calypso. (laughs) But she also uh, was a featured player on the Howdy Doody program for some years. Oh, is that right? uh, Was it Princess Winter, Spring, Summer, Fall? I can't remember exactly which order the seasons go in in that name. So this is her... This is her swan song film. But yeah, there's no doubt I think she would have been really probably a pretty good... Sorry, well, she's movie, beautiful. Everything's yeah. This everything's movie will good live on so long, you know, because it's not only captures the time, it's just fun to watch over and over and over again because you're watching a real talent here that really set a precedent for a lot of things in well, the next 20 he seems years. He's so young. He's it, still very young, and even in sort of the pantheon, I can't believe I'd use a word with that talk that's about pretty cool, Elvis George. movie. Yeah. really good. Pantheon, yes. <laughs> um, that's good. <laughs> As Elvis's films progress, there is no way you cannot say that they just kind of went down. They chewing gummed them, you know, and, and then became, you know, and and this very very talented artist, you know, kind of waffled and wasted away 10, 12 years of his life making worse and worse. And, and it worse. just became all like produced, a, all those movies are produced by Howie Wallace. Look him up. Cutter. It became like a caricature. Yeah, the, the movies themselves it were caricatures of, of themselves. But in this yeah. one, he's still young. He's still very vibrant. 
Um, he still has that gleam in his eye and he that made, hope that he was going to be a movie star. Mm. He made a real big statement when he was, you know, working on this movie that he had noticed that all the top stars never said much. So mm-hmm. you'll see him. Yeah, so he's, he's very aloof. He's got this uh, sang Freud kind of, you know, poise all the time. You know, you know I don't Freud. think we mentioned it other than uh, <laughs> other than him um, protecting the girl, sticking up for the girl. He's a jerk in this movie. He's a straight up but jerk. Who cares? Who <laughs> really cares? You know, he, you, I, there's true. a cut in this movie where I, I noticed that they were working on stuff that worked for Elvis. He, he walks up to the door to let Judy in, and in the cut from the wide shot to the close up, they put a sound edit in between those two cuts, and it's him going, it's, it's, but it's just one. It's just a short one, right? It, you can see it. They milk it up there, but it's in between the picture cuts. And then he gets up there and he goes, uh, something, you know. Uh, but that's... You're going to hear this They were capturing these little nuances grunt. that Elvis had the cruel lip and everything. They were trying to catalog this stuff because studios are in in the business of exploiting people to the mm-hmm. nth degree. <laughs> yeah. And Elvis was no exception, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a it's a good listen, and it's a it, it takes on sort of a spookiness, or I don't know, not spooky, but like there's an uncanniness to the story it's telling and the story that actually Elvis was doing told. Elvis doing Elvis in his life, and uh, it's lovely. Um, as far as the rules go, I'm, I think we, it's rock solid. People will watch this movie forever. As far as creating the world, they created it even more deeply than they knew. Right. I mean, they, they this is the the beginnings of Elvis world, basically. Yeah. You know, the, the, when the Memphis setting Mafia's, the parameters, Memphis Mafia's they're lounging on the movie set like we all do. Right. Um, we have picnics <laughs> on the movie about. set when we're not shooting on the set. We have picnics on the <laughs> what set. What else are you gonna do? And he goes out and he goes, hit it, boys. And it's just like real life. He tells his guys, and the guys get up like Jim Brown, real slow. You know, so nobody knows they're hurt. And they get up and they move <laughs> slowly off that set. <laughs> and it could be said that in the end, this insulation, this posse that he traveled with um, uh, was a part of the whole downfall of it all. But uh, no, it was a buffer that was. That's a different filmically perfect. Yeah. Right now, hey, Jailhouse Rock, what a movie. Creates, sustains, and people will be watching it forever. Um, it, it was a really nice to revisit that again. I'll tell you that um, as a, a kid uh, running down the stairs, because I was told there was Elvis on TV and catching this part from the dance scene with the crazy backdrop where it's a double-decker jail thing and they're all dancing on the poles, which, by the way, looks different when you're an adult mm-hmm. and you look at it again. has a different, whole different thing. When I was a kid, I just wanted to be in jail so I could dance you know, like one of those guys. You know, keep in mind, one more time with the Memphis Mafia there, Lamar Fike, he's the bigger guy. Supposedly, when they were recording Elvis songs, he would always stand up and go, It's a hit! <laughs> I wonder which guy that a is. A palpable hit. Lamar <laughs> Fike, he's the can bigger we, guy in the background. Can we get a still of that up on uh, perfectmovie.net? A still I of that guy? Yeah. The It's a hit guy? I'm sure we can. Um, it's a hit. It's, it's a another. Hit. <laughs> it's another filmically perfect on 91.3 WYSO. And gentlemen, as we are just nearly out of time. Gentlemen, are we going to give any tips to the hat or showing them with a hand for what's coming down the pike? We no. have promos. <laughs> we have promos. We're going to be making promos. But also, check us on Facebook. We have a new group on Facebook. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, uh, Facebook. So come and see us up there. Uh, drop us a line. We will reply back. You can find yeah. archives at perfectmovie.net at npr.org right. on iTunes at wyso.org or you can just find one of these fine fellows on the street and they might just have one in their pockets. Gentlemen, thank you for being here today. 
And as always, it is my pleasure. George Willeman, thank you. Thank you very much. J. Todd Anderson. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you, please.